0: You're listening to episode 93 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. Every day I am amazed at how language intense our students' classes are. Instructions are given in lengthy paragraphs and posted in Google Classroom or any other platform your school uses. Students are required to show their reasoning in writing in complete sentences when responding to long and complex questions in all subjects. And while I am all for keeping the standards high, I do sometimes wonder what would happen if we gave students clearer, more targeted instructions on how to engage with a project or assignment. For example, by presenting them in a more visually appealing way and with less information per page, or anticipating that an English learner might need extra support with understanding and including a visual or an audio explanation. Students already know a lot of information that is taught in their classes. They understand a lot more than they can tell you, And the production piece, whether it is speaking or writing, is what trips them up. Since I live this every single day, I have found a way that works really well in helping my English learners access content and dissect those instructions and texts that seem to confuse everyone. In this episode, I will share with you two ways on how I use strategic questions to help students access the text, respond to open-ended questions, and write paragraphs, I know this will be very helpful for not only EL teachers, but also content area teachers. So let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grosslis, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. I want to start with a little personal story. So if you listen to this podcast regularly, you may know that I have been on a French language learning kick. And the French had never been on my languages to learn list until this past year when our school hosted a French exchange and then myself and two other teachers chaperoned a language exchange trip of students, uh, for students to France. And the experience was so profound for me. And the desire to know more and to learn more was so deep and unstoppable that I decided I want to learn French to see what it's all about. So I downloaded the app Babbel and started learning. Well, here are my takeaways so far. French language is really hard. If we complain about English, let's try learning French. Uh, it puts things in perspective right away. Language acquisition theory is quite spot on. So far, with daily repetition, exposing myself to movies in French on Netflix, I am only able to respond with one word or short phrase answers. With a huge pause b- because retrieval time is also longer, whenever my French teacher or friend asks me something, I still freeze up <laughs> what the proper response is to savoir, which is, how are you? Listening and reading, however, are a little easier, especially with spelling and sentence structure supports that the app provides, So the supports are key, the visuals, the whatever the app provides are super, super helpful. I am able to recognize the words I learned in new context, which gives me a boost of confidence that I am in fact learning French. That said, I have a very long way to go. Why am I telling you this? Our English learners are going through the same process every single day. They have much more input than I do, which is very, very helpful. Nonetheless, the process is slow and the amount of work they have to do that was designed only with native speakers in mind is mind-blowing. As EL teachers, we know that there are varying proficiency levels of language. Each of those include four language domains, listening, reading, speaking, and writing. All students develop receptive skills such as listening and reading faster than the productive skills like speaking and writing and producing spoken and written language in english is one of the most challenging and stressful skills so naturally whenever there is an assignment that requires the students to produce something speak or write based on the information they have learned in english it is as if they freeze up questions arise what is the assignment asking me to do what do the words in the assignment even mean I know what I want to say. I have no idea how to put it into words in English. Now, in my experience, the assignments are typically not adapted for different language proficiencies and are simply posted as they are for all students. If you have heard me talk on this podcast before and on social media, you know that I firmly believe that all teachers are teachers of language. You just need to have the tools to be able to live it out. And one of my professional goals is to be able to work with content area teachers and help them see how the lessons and subsequent assignments can easily be adapted to reach multilingual learners. That is exactly what I share with teachers when they book my free call leading ELs to success without overwhelm. Now, let's get back to the topic at hand. Let's start with the two types of questions. And first, let's talk about... The strategy that has come in really handy for me, and I hope that you can share it with your content teachers. We know that questioning techniques are effective when done strategically. When we ask English learners the question, do you understand, we will almost certainly get the answer yes every single time. This question is too broad, even though as teachers, that is exactly what we want to know. Do you understand? One of the ways to ensure your multilingual learners understand what you're teaching them is to use concept checking questions. These are simple questions that allow us to elicit student comprehension. For example, In my EL teaching world, I might have a lesson on sentence structure. That is the word order that we use in English. This means that I might go over the simple parts of the sentence, punctuation, placement of nouns, verbs, adjectives, and adverbs. If at the end of a class, I asked my students to tell me if they understood, of course, they would all say yes. They just want to keep moving forward. But my goal is for them to show me that they understood. So I might ask them, can you make a sentence? These are the words. okay?" and or here is a sentence. Uh, Can you spot the mistakes? These might look like simple questions, but they are absolutely necessary for EL students to be able to move into the higher level thinking realms in English. Although the example I gave is from an EL lesson specifically geared towards language and grammar and sentence structure. Now, let's think about how asking someone uh, who, what, where and other simple questions might be used in a content area classroom to check comprehension. So here are a few tips on how you can create those questions. Number one Plan them in advance. Look at your lesson and jot down a few questions that will help you elicit student comprehension. Number two, the questions have to be simple. We don't want to spend too much too much time on them, but at the same time, we need to use them in order to move forward. Number three, the questions can be different kinds. For example, they can be questions, yes or no, that require the answer for, of yes or no or either or, or there could be more open-ended questions. Number four, vocabulary is key. Make sure that you use the words that are familiar to multi- your multilingual learners, or if you see confusion, provide explanations. And five, Of course, there's a golden rule of teaching ELs. Use visuals, realia, writing on the board, whatever that will help to bring those questions alive. Uh, That way, the question checking technique will be much more meaningful. The second way to use questions is the text-dependent questions. Many of our ELs are required to answer questions, write or speak about prompts based on a text that they read in class. Many times, the text presented in regular classrooms is unaltered, which means it is likely way above our students' comprehension level. As we're talking mostly about understanding here, it is important to remember that if a student doesn't understand completely, they're not going to be able to perform higher-level tasks, such as explaining something or applying their knowledge. Now, let's take a look at an assignment and why it is important to scaffold for ELs. I frequently give examples from history and literature classes, and most notably about ancient Rome, maybe because my students need a lot of help with this topic, and probably because I really find it interesting personally. So... It's also kind of like easy for me to show you or so that you can imagine even if you're listening in the car and you can't see, this will be very clear. So let's say first the students have to read an article about eight reasons why Rome fell from History.com. Then they have to rank the top three reasons for the fall of Rome, which they consider to be most important. And finally, they have to follow the prompt Write a mini-essay answering the question, what were the primary reasons for the fall of Rome? Now, answering a conceptual question like this can be seriously challenging for our English learners. I find that the very word essay is intimidating to them, not to mention unfamiliar vocabulary, as well as other text parts that might be unclear. But speaking about scaffolding, this is why it is important to use strategic choice and placement of text-dependent questions. So, first, they address the student's vocabulary building. Then, they help students access the necessary background information. And finally, when students comprehend the text, they are then able to answer inferential questions as well. In writing, our students are taught to use specific structures such as introduction, background information, and thesis statement, and uh, each paragraph must also include a topic sentence, context, evidence, and the student's own commentary. Every single time we go over again and again what a paragraph structure is and how the essay is the same and different as a paragraph. I actually have created posters that I hang in my classroom specifically with those writing terms, the paragraph and the essay structure. If you are interested, you can grab those inside my Teachers Pay Teachers store. I will make sure to link them in the show notes. Now, going back to writing, every single time I get the same question. Wait, what is context or background again? Or what am I supposed to write in the commentary? The discomfort in the classroom is almost palpable. So since this is quite a complex task, it has almost like three steps, and it might take several lessons. It can be broken down into three parts. So naturally, the first step is to read the text. For that, we already preview the vocabulary. I'm going to go straight to the text. And the text that I'm sharing here, the eight reasons for the fall of Rome, is way above my level two's comprehension in English. So what you can do and what I do is I take it and put it into diffit which is an AI platform that helps adjust the reading level for your students, as well as it can help you come up with key vocabulary and questions for students. In my case, I only use it for text level adjustment, and I still have to kind of like read and tweak, but it has been a very, very helpful tool. After each point or each reason for the fall of Rome, I would stop and ask short factual questions like who, what, and where, these will help me gauge a, a student understanding. I will also ask questions on key vocabulary that we encountered. This will allow the students to grasp the essential background information from the text, and later it will help them respond to the prompt. I ask that we summarize each reason with a sentence or two using the key vocabulary and facts, and this is really groundwork and great prep work for writing. Now, the second step is for students to choose their top three reasons for the fall of Rome. Since they have the most important information, they can now do this independently. However, we work together, if necessary, to answer the questions why is the reason you chose important. At this time, they can go back to the text and choose the evidence and come up with their own reasons. Again, this is highly dependent on the proficiency level of the student. Some who are at level three and up are able to pick out their own reasonings and put them in their own sentences. And I might need to ask a few more questions of the lower proficiency level students. And the final step is the actual paragraph or essay writing. Again, the students now, by now, they have all the necessary information that they worked through with the help of the questions. I might still break it down into further questions to help them work through the important uh, things that they need to include in each paragraph, but the majority of work has already been done prior to to them starting to write. So going back into the text, looking at the questions that the anticipating the questions, anticipating the vocabulary that the students might need to be able to grasp the concept is key. When it comes to creating text-dependent questions to guide your ELs, there are several criteria that are important to keep in mind. So number one, the questions must be clear and concrete. That is, the students need to understand what you're asking them. This might mean a short question or if there is a long complex question, it might need to be broken down into two or three parts. Number 2 is that make sure the question does not include idiomatic expressions or is formed as very in a very complex manner. And number 3 strategically sequence the questions in order of the text. This will ease the intellectual load and will allow the students to focus on the task at hand. And that is all for today. I could probably talk about this topic for much longer because really helping ELs access content has truly become my passion and I want to share it with the world. If you are a regular education teacher who would like to reach the multilingual learners in your classroom with ease, I invite you to book my free consult call, Lead Your ELs to Progress Without Overwhelm. During the call, we will pinpoint the root causes of your struggles in reaching multilingual learners. You will gain clarity on how collaboration between EL and general education teachers can help transform the culture in your school. And you will also learn how my teacher clients create a system of serving English learners in their classrooms. To book a call, go to my website, simplyyeva.com forward slash lead, or follow the link in the show notes. As always, any questions or takeaways from this episode, send me a message on Instagram or shoot me an email. I'm always very happy to hear from you. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook, SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, simplyyeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.